Well, good morning, church. Welcome to Central. We're so glad to have you guys with us, worshiping today with us. Um, and a big hello to Creston, our Creston campus. Yeah. We are glad to have you listening and worshiping with us today as well. Today we have a great treat. We have a friend um, of mine and also a mentor of mine. This is Jeremy Yoder, and I want to give you a little bit of information about him first before we get started. Uh, Jeremy comes to us with 15 years of vocational worship leading experience, so he's done this for a long time. Uh, he's a worship team coach, which is actually how I got introduced to Jeremy, mm -hmm. and we met and have become friends, and, and yeah. he works with myself on a weekly basis. He works with this worship team, and he really helps us in a, a coaching environment to become better at what it is that we do. So we appreciate mm -hmm. all that he does there. Jeremy is also part of something called the Worship Coalition, which is worship songwriters in every country, you guys, yeah. that they all come together. Isn't that amazing? And, there's, and last but not least, he's a part of a band called All These Diamonds, and they are currently producing some really awesome, some really great things. I've, I've listened to some of the, the material that they're working on, you guys, and it's just awesome. So please, please give a warm welcome to Jeremy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Jeez, I'm not sure if you're setting me up there for a Grammy nomination or obituary. <laughs> I'm both, not exactly sure. I, after this message, I think we'll find out, but uh, <laughs> no. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, I'm just really glad to be here. My connection actually to Central is Ryan. Ryan and I go way back when we were both living in Indianapolis uh, when I was traveling, um, doing music full-time on uh, the entertainment side of things. I used to go to his youth group, so that's how I kind of got, got here. He heard that I was doing things with Worship Team Coach and decided, hey, we could really use some help to just, man, make our team more excellent, and that's what I love doing, helping worship teams become excellent in what they do. So that's why I'm here to help. So since I'm here, you know, we thought we'd have a little message about music Yay. and singing. Have you ever wondered maybe why we sing in church and what that's all about? I mean, as a singer, if you're a singer and you're sitting here, you're probably like, yeah, I like to sing in church. It's fun. But if you're not a singer, you're like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't sing. I'm just kind of in there and they're singing and I kind of mumble or I kind of don't do much, right? It's weird, it's different, but there is a real big reason why we do what we call worship. We'll use that word right now for singing. Why we worship in the church in this way. There's a lot of biblical historical reasons why we do what we do in a local church this way. And pretty much all local churches do. Whether you use instrumentation or you don't use instrumentation, even in the Mennonite uh, background that I come from, we still sang, right? There was still a musical element to our worship. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about today, that today, a little bit about what worship really is, and a little bit about worship, what worship really is not. Um, and then we're going to take some time in between to connect with God and practically um, put that into practice, our connection with God in worship today. So prepare for that. Prepare in your heart for that. It's going to be good. We're going to practice the presence of God with and without music. Awesome. Yeah, so to give you a little bit of background in worship, and actually mm. the word worship, it comes from the word worth-ship. Mm. Worth-ship, or to give something worth. Um, in other words, we worship God not because of ourselves or any greatness that we have achieved on our own apart from God, but we worship a God who is worthy 
We worship him because he is the only one worthy yeah. of our worship. Yeah. And the first time I remember hearing anything like this was at CIY, which is a, a mm. Christ in youth gathering of middle school, high school students that come to these, these great big auditoriums yeah. where you have worship <laughs> music and, and speakers, and it's this great mountaintop experience for mm. high schoolers. And the speaker that we were listening to at the time asked a similar question and asked the students, why is it that you do devotions? Why is hmm. it that you worship, that you pray? What's the why that's really behind it? And the kids had a whole realm of answers, including things like, my mom makes me go to church <laughs> on Sunday mornings. Right. They drag me out of bed. I have to do it. Um, of course, there's, there's, there's some of those opinions out there. And, and, but some really great answers, too, of because I want to grow my relationship mm. with the Lord, right. because I want to become closer, because there is a desire there. Mm. And so uh, and throughout all these answers, the speaker is saying, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. There's an element of truth to yeah. some of those things, but still basically said, you guys are all wrong. Mm. And really shocked all of these students when he said, you know why? Because it's not about you. Wow. It's not about you. The why mm. that's behind the doing these things is not about you. Wow. In okay. other words, it's not the, uh, r a religious ladder that we climb up of all the different things that we do that makes us more holy and makes us more righteous and more religious and we can build our way up to heaven in that way. Yeah. But we do these things. The why behind it is because God is the only one worthy. Right. He's the only one worthy of our praise. So we respond in worship, in obedience, because we know this is something that God asks of us. And it doesn't mean that, that some of those answers are, are, are bad or that even that we aren't going to get right. something good out of it. Totally. That we won't feel good from worship, that we won't <laughs> grow from yeah. worship. Because, in fact, we are very much called to be a part of worship, to be a, a participant in our heart of worship in that mm -hmm. way, to be a part of what worship is. So when we look at Genesis 22, verse 5, let's look at that verse to start with. It says, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Now, according to Abraham and the inspired scripture, he and Isaac were going up the mountain to worship. Mm. And we're familiar with this Bible story in Genesis and we know what he's going up that mountain to do. <laughs> and it's not involving singing. Worship, huh? Worship. <laughs> it's amazing. That, and I actually never, before we started looking into this and studying it, I didn't even realize that that word worship was in it. Yeah, I know. It's one of the first times that the word worship is ever translated that way out of the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Abraham was going up that hill to kill his son. <sighs> God asked him to go up the hill and kill your firstborn son up there, to sacrifice him on the altar. That, he was going up there to be obedient to God, but he also had the faith to believe that if God could do whatever he wanted, either he was going to kill his son and then raise him up, or maybe he was going to do something amazing and a miracle would happen, and he wouldn't do what God asked him to do. And that's exactly what happened. God stopped him from killing his son and provided uh, another means for that sacrifice to happen, but there was still obedience there. So what does the word worship mean? Yeah, actually, the, the Hebrew word that's translated worship in this, pack, in this passage yeah. is, is shakah, yeah. and that literally means to bow yeah. oneself down, mm. to crouch and to yeah. fall flat, to humbly beseech mm. and do reverence. 
Can we get a, just a, a picture of the, of the bowing before the Lord? We know, really we know that God asks us to be obedient to him. And this form of worship and obedience meant laying down anything of worldly importance to him, yeah. but to listen and to obey and to do what God asks. Mm-hmm. We serve a God who is worthy, the only mm. one who is worthy. Yeah. So number one, worship is a response to what God is doing around you. I mean, I'm sure at that point, Abraham bowed down and really did worship the Lord. He was like, wow, what just happened? God, you were so good. You were so good, right? And his response, I'm sure, was worship in that time. We're going to look at a couple passages here. Um, But before we do that, I remember walking into my house. My birthday was a couple weeks ago. And it was a Sunday, and I walk into my house. It was a long day for me. I'm, I'm a full-time worship leader at my church, too. And uh, I open the door, and this smell, this wafts to my nostrils of lasagna. And I'm like, yes, my meal. <laughs> I love dinner. my wife's lasagna. And I walk in, and there's pumpkin roll. And my parents were there from three hours away. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And they brought... Uh, uh, a peanut butter pie and an apple pie from the Essen House, which is this Amish restaurant that I love. And I was just, wow. And then I turn around, the garage door opens. I'm like, why is the garage door opening? And my 18-year-old son walks in from college. And I'm like, buddy! So my wife had done all this work to prepare this moment for me on my birthday, you know? So I shrugged it off, went into the bedroom, watched football. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) My response to her was like, babe, you are amazing. You went through all this work for me. I'm so thankful for you and for who you are. I doubted on her for a while and said all kinds of really cool words because she was amazing in that moment. And my heart responded out of thankfulness of what she did, man. And so... You know, when something really cool happens to us, we have a decision to make whether we're just going to kind of shrug it off and, and move on or, if, you know, we're going to say something about it. In that moment, I said something. Man, you are awesome. It was so good. It was a response to what she had done. So in the next couple passages we're going to look at here, we're going to see, see two different things. This is the first temple that was built, and the temple was where God's presence was in the Old Testament. The first temple and the second temple, because the temple was destroyed at one point, too. The first temple, we're also going to see a little bit about the musicians, where we first start to see music being a part of worship. Uh, David's going to talk about that a little bit. So in 1 Chronicles 22, 19, this is after David is now talking to uh, what, what they need to do to build this temple. And here's what he says. Now seek the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul. Seek him. Build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and all the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. There's a building built to honor his name, to have all the holy relics that they'd saved from um, coming out of Egypt. So now they're going to worship in this place. But they had to seek him with their whole heart first. And then in 1 Chronicles 25, this is the one about the musicians. This is interesting. David's talking to the Levites right now, and that's the tribe that we're going to lead worship in the temple. And he says to this, 
All these men were under the direction of their fathers as they made music in the house of the Lord. Their responsibilities included the playing of cymbals and harps and lyres at the house of God. They and their families were all trained in making music before the Lord, and each of them, 288 in all, was an accomplished musician. They were musicians that were very good at what they did. And that starts to, us to think about, oh, I see the correlation now between worship in the temple and what we do on Sunday mornings. It's the same type of thing. It's a heart thing. It was a response, and musicians were helping to make that happen. That's the first temple. Second temple, Ezra 3. Let me get a little context here. Um, all, all of the Jews were taken into captivity for, for quite a long time, and the Jewish temple was demolished so bad. All the relics were taken out and, and, and dispersed. So it was really bad news, really, really bad news, man. But at one point, finally they're coming back. Actually, King Cyrus had said, hey, Jews, go back to your city and begin to build your temple. So they went back, and a couple years after living in Jerusalem, they started to build the temple. And after the foundation was laid, this is what happened. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. See, sometimes what comes out of our hearts is joy and excitement of what, what God has done. The others were remembering what he has done, and there's also almost this mourning of like, oh God, but it was so awesome. I know this is new, but I remember the old too, God. So when we come to worship, sometimes there's a little bit of both happening. There's a little mourning, and there's a little joyfulness, and that's okay. That's where we want to be. So a question. We're going to take a few minutes here. What is God doing in your life right now? Let's give a second for some silence. Um, and then let's, after we ask that question to ourselves, let's worship God in our hearts and tell him, thank you so much for what you're doing in my life. Let's just take a few seconds and do that right now. Man, number two in your outline today is that worship is communication. We all know that communication is important in any and all relationships that we have, not just our relationship with the Lord, but communicating is something that really helps us to stay connected with other people. Now, when I, uh, I traveled on a worship, on a music ministry team to Taiwan and Hong Kong one summer, and we had to learn a lot about communicating with people in a different world, almost a different culture, people that spoke a different language um, than, than we did. And it, it was definitely a learning experience of how to communicate <laughs> that sure. summer. Um, so being in a different place and, and traveling so much, we wore fanny packs. And you know what I mean by a fanny pack, right? Fanny you, you, it's that little pouch that goes around you. You clip it. I mean, it's super cool, right? Everybody wants super a fanny Super cool. Everybody, Everybody wants a fanny, fanny pack. Yeah. Uh, it was just the <laughs> easiest way to, to keep all your personal belongings. You've got this little pouch. So everybody wore those. One of our, our first mornings that we were in Hong Kong, we're driving. We ha have a, a driver in Hong Kong who's taking us to our first school that we're going to go to for the day. And the drummer hands me our schedule. It says, here, Melissa, here's the schedule. Put this in your fanny pack. 
And I kid you not, the driver about went <laughs> off the road. He said, what did you say? <laughs> uh, and that took us all by surprise and oh, said, I um, said, put this in your fanny pack. He said, no, 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 stop. You cannot say wow. that word. And we said, fanny pack? Yes, don't say it again. It's, he was just appalled at this vulgar word. language. He says, you are a Christian band. You cannot be using that what word. What did he want you to use? I know. Well, he, he was just like, we have these here. But he said, it's a bum bag. A bum bag. Yeah, it's a bum bag. So, <laughs> so apparently in Hong Kong, um, you cannot say fanny pack, but you can say bum bag. Bum bag. So, and and th th thus began Wonderful. a list of things we would start to develop of ways that we can communicate with people of this culture mm. and ways that we can't. Wow. Because we all know that communication um, is a part of connecting right. with the people. Yeah. And in order to yeah, connect, yeah, yeah. You, you have to have That's appropriate good. and communication where you're on the same page mm. and your hearts are together. With our Lord, when we mm. worship and we communicate, it puts our hearts in a place of, of connecting. It's this two-way street yeah. of communication right. with God where we can grow our relationship mm. with God communicating with him really creates connection and the great thing about communicating with God is that it does not have to always include words we can mm. see the lyrics on on the, the screen as we're singing yeah. as we're all singing these great worship music worship songs together and you don't even have to be saying anything at all but your heart can be moved in a right. in a moment of communication so there's still you're still participating in that way absolute yeah. participation even when your lips aren't moving yep. It's a communication of your heart. Right. It's the heart and the spirit that's involved. Mm. John chapter 4 mm. is the story of Jesus speaking to the Samaritan right. woman at the well. She is shocked that a Jew is speaking mm. to a Samaritan woman. And Jesus, during this conversation, explains to her the living water that's only offered through him and that will give eternal life. Mm -hmm. And she begins to think, you know, who am I tied? Is this a prophet? Is this the Messiah? She, she begins to know, though, this is something pretty amazing and pretty special that's going on here. And so of all things, she could ask Jesus in that time. She asks about worship. worship. <laughs> she asks about worship. She says, why is it that the Samaritans worship over here and the, the Jews worship over here? Mm -hmm. And the beautiful answer that Jesus has for her is that someday soon, it, it, it won't matter. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter. God, the Father, he is looking for people who worship in spirit mm -hmm. and in truth. That's what John 4.24 tells us. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, in spirit, we have our human bodies, but we know as believers and, and followers of Christ that the Holy Spirit is living in us. So this, right. this worship and this communication That's is good. this inward act within us. We know that, that, that humans and, and man sees the outward appearance, but God sees what is in the heart, that worship experience Always. of spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And he d delights in the one who approaches him humbly mm -hmm. and reverently. And the truth that we speak of in that verse, that he speaks of in that verse, is, of course, the holy word of God, the Bible. Yeah, right. Trusting the Bible in humble submission mm. in our time of worship. God wants to communicate with, with us. And mm. we communicate through having a heart of worship. Yeah. And we, when we have the assurance of salvation in Christ, he calls us to be his own his adopted children, and the sheep of his pasture. In fact, John 10, 27 through 29 says, My sheep listen to my voice, 
and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. Mm, what a beautiful good. picture that right. is of, of, of a shepherd and his sheep and how they listen to him and they know him. When we worship, we listen, we follow his lead, mm -hmm. and we are guided by his word in spirit and in truth. That's so good. So worship is communication. Worship is a response to what God is doing around us and, and in us. Worship is also essential. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's an essential element to our lives, especially, obviously, those of us who have put our faith in Christ. It's essential for us. Some of you were essential workers through this COVID pandemic, you know, especially when we were shut down for a while. But you were still essential workers. You still had to do your job. Sorry, <laughs> but we really need you right now. You're essential. You have to do your job. Because if you don't, bad, bad, bad things happen. I don't know about you, but like, if I drink a couple cups of coffee in the morning and I don't drink water, by the end of the day, I have a headache. Anybody else do that? If you don't drink water, you get a headache? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you don't drink water for a whole day? Do you die? No, you don't die today. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> what happens if you don't drink water for three days? Yikes right around that time, I don't know if it's sustainable. Your husband probably knows <laughs> That's the, what the cases are. But if you don't drink water, eventually you will pass away because our bodies are made for that essential element. Our bodies are made to have water um, refreshing our lives. That's the way it is with worship. Worship refreshes our lives. So, you know, not only... Not only does it refresh, <laughs> but it does so much more for like who we who we are as people. I, I want to read this real real quick. Um, it, it, if it's not going to just refresh us, it's it's going to do something in our lives that will will help us to truly truly know who He is, right? So it's essential for us because if we don't do it, who will, right? Let me read this out of Luke 19. This is, this, is, um, this is when Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Olives going into Jerusalem when um, this is right before he was going to be crucified. So he's entering Jerusalem. It's called the triumphal entry. And then as he was drawing near um, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Again, a response saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if these would keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> if we don't worship, the earth is going to worship for us. The rocks will cry out. Wow. That's amazing. So if we don't have that essential element <laughs> of worship in our lives, God needs that essential element of worship, right? Because he is worthy of it. 
So as we press in, yeah, it's essential for us, but it's also ma- majorly as an essential element for him and who he is. That's why he made us, so that we would worship him, right? Isaiah 58 says this, And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Again, that analogy of refreshing of water over our lives when the Lord enters our lives. When we're meeting with him in worship, that's when the awesome things happen. (laughs) We get refreshed and he is glorified. I love that transaction. So this is a rhetorical question, but what could be more important than worship in your life on a daily basis, right? Than really acknowledging God's presence in your life and, and thanking him for it and then worshiping him for that. Absolutely. Number four in your outline is worship is surrender. Mm. I grew up in um, the Reformed Church, so did a lot of Heidelberg Catechism, question and answer memorization. Uh, What is the chief end of man? In other words, what is our purpose in life? And it is to glorify God Mm. and enjoy Enjoy him him forever, forever. right? That is our sole purpose here on this earth, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of Mm -hmm. God. That is why we can and we should worship him in all that we do, right? And that also means that's not just singing. It doesn't say just worship him on on the the stage or when you're in church, uh, when you're singing the worship music. But that means everything in all that we do. That means in our relationships, when we are at work, when we are at home, when we are at school, when we are on the football field, when we're on the beach, that's when I'm praising Jesus for Woo, sure. Come on, you sure can. <laughs> right? We were made to worship. Yeah. We were made to do this. Awesome. But sadly, many times instead of worshiping our God, there are some modern day idols that get in the way yeah. because our focus can be distracted from God. And now sometimes we think of idols as the biblical uh, form of idols if they had golden statues and calves that the people would create to bow down and (laughs) worship to. But modern day idols, we're talking about anything that steals our focus away from God. Anything that we place as a higher importance than God. So guys, this can be anything. Anything as as far as things that it could be cars. It could be money. It could be people like, mm-hmm. um, like our spouses. It can be even our, our children. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while, while those things are still great and good and God has created them as all wonderful things, they are not meant to be placed above God right. in that whole realm of everything that there is. It, it, we just need to be sure that the idols are not there. And can we all admit that we've Mm. been there? Man, I've been there. Totally. When when you place things that are just of a higher importance. Mm. And that goes back to what we first talked about with worthship. Right. (laughs) Worship being worthship. What's really worthy? What is worthy of our time? Mm. We've all been there. God wants us to enjoy what's around us, but he does not want them to take the place Mm -hmm. of him. We surrender everything to him. There's a song that we sang this morning that talks about mm. just that. Okay. Um, when we sang, give us clean hands, O God. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls 
to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks your face, O God God of Jacob. Jacob. We sing in worship, cleanse us, O God. Let us not lift our souls to another. Yeah, that's so good. What have we ranked above God? Mm. What have we put over him in our hearts? And you know how that works out is different in, for a lot of different people. But the part of that we'll, that we can come into focus with is we know those things that have taken importance over God. So let's just take a minute here and let's think about and ask ourselves, what idols have we put in front of God? What things have we made more important than God in our lives? And not worshipped him for giving us. In other words, like, rather than worshipping the car, worship God and say, thank you for the car. (laughs) And instead of spending all my time on that car and not doing other things that would be good for my family in their lives, I just spend all my time on my car because I love my car more than my family or God, right? Let's take some time. Let's take a minute right now and ask God for forgiveness for those things. First of all, take some time to just think about those things that you might have done and ranked over God that are idols, and then ask for forgiveness. Let's take some time right now. Lord, forgive us of those things that we've done um, and placed ahead of you, ahead of you in importance. Forgive us, God. Help us to recognize it and continually every day keep check on those things. In Jesus' name, amen. So in light of all these things, worship has to be participatory. We have to be involved in worship. Like, like Melissa talked about before, like, even if you're not a singer, you can still participate to participate in your heart and really mean the words that we say, right? What worship is not, let's get into a couple of these. These are, these are kind of, I hope this doesn't rock your boat too much, but honestly, worship is not just Christian entertainment where you come into a church and you're entertained by what is happening on stage and you feel really good about it and you're like, oh, you guys were rocking this morning. Hey, way to go. You know, that was really neat. Now, that's, that's not worship. I'm sorry, but it's not. Worship has to be participatory, you and God. Us and God, right? It starts with us. It starts with Melissa and I going, God, help us connect with you as I sing these songs, as I play these songs, and help us to really mean it, Lord. And hopefully that rubs off, and you guys do the same thing, and then we're together in worship. That's when it becomes amazing. Yeah. When that can really, really, really happen. But you need to be a part of it too, right? So worship is not Christian entertainment. (laughs) It's not just music, right? It's not just listening to a good message. That's not worship. Just listening to something and being moved by it is not worship. Worship is now ascribing value to God and saying, God, you did that. You're worthy. You're big. That's what worship really is. It has to be a hard attitude. Worship has to be an expectation coming expecting to meet with god and that and we have to be able to enter in if i go to a restaurant and i'm really hungry and i can't wait to have my chicken sandwich but i stand outside the whole time guess what 
I'm not going to get my chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'm not going to get my chicken sandwich because I didn't enter in to the place to get it. If you really want to worship God and really have an experience with him, we have to enter in to that time with him. We press into his presence to really know him. Worship is glorifying God in his presence with our voices. It's not just being entertained. Music on Sundays is an act of worship, but you have to choose to worship every day. It's a choice. It's for you. I love what Psalm 100 uh, verse 4 says. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It starts with thanksgiving. It starts with gratitude every day. Thank you, God, for. Thank you, God, for. You can start there. That starts our worship. That could be every day. It should be every day. I want it to be every day for me. Music is a connecting point. It's a universal language, and that's good. And it connects us with the Holy Spirit. We make ourselves available. Those are all good things about music, but music in itself is not worship. It has to be us worshiping for it to be worship. We listen and respond and give him glory in our circumstances. That is worship. Music is a vehicle, (laughs) but worship comes from you. So worship is a response. Worship is communication. Worship is essential. Worship is surrender and participatory. It comes from the heart, and it's all about a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's really, really about. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. This is Jesus speaking again. It's the relationship with Jesus. Worship comes from a true relationship with the living God. So one of the questions that we end with today is, where are you at with that relationship with the living God? You know, Jesus came that, that not one of us would go thirsty anymore. Jesus came so not one of us would live a life that is not full of abundance. Jesus came so that we, our sins would be completely forgiven so that we could live a life of joyfulness with him in worship. That's why he came. So as we pray here, we're going to get into a little time of prayer. It, maybe this is a time for you, for your first time to say, Jesus, I, I want the life that you give. I want to surrender my life to you. Take it. Take it, Lord. I want to know you. I want you to be number one in my life. Or maybe this is a time for you to say, God, I have made other things more important than you in my life, and I'm so sorry. God, please forgive me. Maybe it's a time of repentance for you or renewal and just saying, God, I'm ready to go full on and worship with you every day. I really want that. Maybe that's you. Or maybe this is a time to just really sit in his presence and say, Jesus, thank you so much for my church. Thank you for my family and my, or my spouse, my kids, the things that you've given me. Again, because he's given us everything that we have. They're really from him and for him. So you can be thankful for those things. Maybe this is a time of a prayer of thankfulness for you. Whichever it is, let's enter into a time of just praying and doing the thing right now that he's leading us to do, whether that's asking for salvation and being in him, whether that's being thankful for what we do have, or whether that's 
renewing our relationship with him and saying, God, please take us and help us be who you've made us to be. Let's just take a few seconds and I'll close this. Lord, help our lives to be worship to you. When we come into our church, when we come into a place of singing and, and, and hearing about the word, help us to press in. Help us to say the words and mean them with our hearts so that you get the glory and not the musicians and not the speaker, but you do, Lord. We, our attitudes would be, God, you are big and you are good. And we'll put nothing else over you at all. Help worship to truly come out of our hearts as we even leave this place today and we, we go into our weeks. Help worship be truly, truly from our heart this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, have a great week.